The Red Bull rant is a free-flowing conversation about soccer that may include adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is Dave Martinez, and you're listening to the Red Bull rant. Haha. Alexander on his way. Cahill overlapping. Eric Alexander. Three defenders to contend with. Gets the shot away. It's in. Played across on You never know with Henri. From this corner, he's done some incredible things in this stadium. Pumps it out. Welcome to the Red Bull Rant. I'm Jason Iapico. I'm Pat McDonald. And this is episode number 66, The French Connections. Uh, obviously, Truman is not with us tonight. Uh, we were told only hours ago that he will not be able to make it, with really no explanation why. So, we're guessing something secret and something we obviously can't know about. So, yeah, anyway. Spy. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, whole t- this whole time he was a sleeper agent yeah. for Toronto. That's, that's really what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta watch out for the Canadian so, Secret Service. <laughs> so, New York Red Bulls hosted the Montreal Impact over the weekend. 4-0 shellacking, for lack of a better term. Uh, let's get in right into this one. We'll start with our dislikes. Pat, what do you think? <laughs> uh, that, that's uh, that's a real real tough question. Ah, uh, you know what? Uh, no, because we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, <laughs> my... my uh, Dislike of the match, uh, it's it's really tough to pick anything. I mean, it was pretty solid all around. Um, I guess I'm just going to dislike the fact that I wasn't able to go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of done the same thing. I'll, I'll go a little differently. I'll dislike the fact that when I was trying to watch the game uh, on MLS Live, that eventually it just started skipping like 10 seconds ahead in the future. And I have no idea why. Thankfully, since it was a blowout, it really didn't matter as much, but there you go. Uh, like the game. Go ahead. I think, let's see. Again, it, there's just so much to like about this game, but I think it's going to have to be uh, Eric Alexander. Um, you know, he's he's been average at best generally this season, and so to see this game come out of him where he was just absolutely tremendous on the wing, that, you know, where he just dribbled through the midfield and defense to score that first opener. Um, 
it was a thing of beauty. So um, it's been a long time coming uh, for a guy who was at one point upcoming player in MLS. Uh, so yeah, I like is the performance of Eric Alexander. Uh, I'm gonna go with everybody's favorite player, Henri. Had that really. It wasn't. If you look at it, it wasn't like a truly great goal they scored. But the fact that he was able to, with the goalie coming down on him, put just just put a touch on the ball. Mm-hmm. It, it's just amazing the poise he has. Especially when, you know, stuff like that happens with the goalkeeper coming down on him. And then late in the game, when he could have easily just taken the ball and took the penalty kick himself, got his second goal of the game, he decided, no, I'm going to give it to Pet- to Lulandula. He hasn't had a great time since he got here. Let's get him off on the right track. And at least Lulandula rewarded his uh, faith in him with a penalty kick. And by the way, that was, for those kind at home, the first Red Bulls penalty kick all year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good thing he converted uh, it then. Yeah, it's a good thing he did, and a good thing Ari didn't uh, infringe on it either. Yeah, that would have that would have been kind of ugly. It's like here, here's my faith in you, and then miss. I would have been ripping a guy a new one, considering he's been not exactly bitten my favorite player this season. Um, this game, I called it a three-two win. Pat, you called it two-one. Truman, three-one. Pete called it two-one. Kevin, two-one. So we all got the win right. Zach's the only one to get this wrong. He called it a two-one loss. Uh, so for the standings and predictions, Truman and Pat still tied for first. Uh, Zach and myself are now tied for third. Then Pete, Kevin, and Craig all the way back in last place. Ah, uh, um, Yeah, I don't think a comeback's in the cards for him. As for fantasy, which I don't know when round 21 technically ended, but uh, top three in our league stayed the same, so we're not going to go to them. Uh, I stayed number eight, now at 100, or sorry, 1,163 points. Truman actually moved up to 16th with 1,056 points. There you go. And Pat still hanging behind at the bottom, 634 points. Well, I know I might be playing players here in the Gold Cup right now. I haven't looked that thing forever. <laughs> Uh, let's see who he have. You have. He have. What the hell? Um, you only have one player actually out huh. for an injury, but a lot of players that haven't been producing recently. So there you go. That's your, that's part of your problem. Dicks. It's not my fault. McCarty. It's their fault. So you got at least you got Dax McCarty. So you got you got something there. There you go. He's had some solid games. Big fan uh, of your little uh, ginger. <laughs> I think we all are at this point. Yeah. Um, gonna keep right on moving along. This whole first segment's gonna be up. The Red Bulls. We're going to talk some uh, United States men's stuff later on. But on Tuesday night, at the same time as the United States men's team, Red Bulls and, hosted Olympic Lyon. And the baseball <laughs> all-star game. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And the all-star game. Uh, 2-2 draw. Although it would have been a 2-1 victory if not for an own goal by Olave early on. Uh, I did not actually watch this game. So, Pat, I'm going to let you talk about this one. I will say this much. It, well, for, Obviously, it was a very poor uh, scheduling decision by the Red Bull uh, front office, putting it against the, both the U.S. national team and the Major League Baseball All-Star game, which was playing right across the river. Um, but that being said, I mean, if, for those who didn't watch it, I mean, I watched it on DVR, but for those who didn't watch it, you really missed like a... Probably one of the more fun and enter- entertaining friendlies that we've seen in a while. It was a chippy affair where, like, guys were really going at each other, which was pretty fun. And then Andre Akban scored probably the ugliest goal I've ever seen in my entire life. Lloyd Sam crosses his thing to Akban, who's right in front of the box. And if Akban had any school, uh, skill to begin with, uh, he probably would have knocked it right in. But he took two atrocious touches. I mean, two of the ugliest touches I've ever seen in my entire life. And for some, somehow Leon did not clear this thing. And Akpan was able to, on the third try, put it in the net. Um, 
but it was just an overall. I mean, Tim Cahill was like playing, was in like demon mode the, the way he was playing. Uh, it was just a very entertaining game overall. Um, as for what it means in the long term, um, I mean, the only thing I could say is maybe Marius or Cop. I mean, it would be nice to see some more playing time for this kid because he really ha- is pretty fearless at going at defenders. And uh, I mean, like his touch betrayed him maybe once at one point late in the match, but. Other than that, he looked pretty solid. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't getting more time. And then uh, we saw the debut of uh, Ibrahim Sakaya. At least that's how I think the guy was saying it. Uh, she's Sakaya. So um, let's see if uh, he's going to be playing a little more and if uh, Holgerson's going to be our new right back, which could be kind of interesting. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was just a fun match to watch, even if it was maybe ill-conceived in many, many different ways. Yeah, honestly, I really know what you're watching this one. I mean, I, I've watched Red Bull Friendlies before, but going against the United States soccer team, even though at this point the, the U.S. soccer game, all it really mattered for was placing in the quarterfinals, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just had no interest in it. But at least 13,000 people or whatever, something like that, 13,000 plus, it's pretty decent attendance for considering what it was up against. So i got to give them credit at least. That, uh, I think you get the third... word out for this one. I- I'd be curious to see what the actual turnstile uh number was because it definitely did not like it looked like 13,000 people were there well we all know that the the supporter section was empty I think about 20 guys showed up well I know part of uh, the supporter the South Ward at least like a small group were up in Connecticut so that's Uh, part of it Oh, absolutely, and uh, I, I definitely saw some. I recognized some faces in the in the uh, outlaws uh, up at Connecticut. You know, I'm just pointing out that they were like maybe this one. I'm for friendly. I'm not gonna like. How dare you not go? I'll never be that guy. <laughs> yeah, say that when you're sitting at home watching the game yourself. I mean, come on. Exactly. Like, can't believe nobody's there. Man, my couch is comfortable, <laughs> and it's air conditioned. I can pause the game. I can get to the bathroom. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, so we only have one piece of listener mail. If you actually want to call it that this week, um, I asked, you know, how do you guys feel about Red Bull after the the four nothing win? And at I'm just gonna spell it because I don't even know how to say it. W a g n e r l k says feeling great. Is there any other way to feel after this kind of win? Honestly, probably not. Although this is gonna sound bad. I mean, I just said that, but. Montreal was on the slide. Yes, you know, they're still a number two in the lead in the Eastern Conference. I but this one game doesn't do it for me. <laughs> and I, I, I know as after like the the win and the way they won, it sounds really bad to say, but I need just because of how this team has been so up and down, especially losing the last two road games the way they did, I need to see this team not only go into Toronto and beat Toronto, but I need to see them win at least another road game before I'm starting to feel better about this. Because it's one thing to be able to win at home. Everybody should be able to do that. But if you want to win MLS Cup, you need to be able to play on the road. And recently, they have not been able to prove that. So I'm waiting for that before I feel better about this team. Uh, I, on the other hand, feel great about it. Um, it was it was, it was a tremendous win all around. You, you got contributions from players where who haven't really been contributing lately. Uh, Henri and Cahill looked, you know, or in top form. It, it's, you know... Even when they were, this team was losing on the road, they were still in the upper echelon of, uh, you know, the MLS standing. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it's another good win, another good step in the right direction. And, uh, I absolutely think it's going to carry over into the match this upcoming Saturday. The one thing I will say before we, uh, talk about Toronto is 
Rebels were really lucky with their June break. Not a lot of teams are able to catch up. So right now, they're sitting third in the East, 31 points with 20 games played. Sporting Kansas City sits two points above them, level on games. Montreal Impacts 31 points with 18 games played. But aside from that, nobody else really caught up. So they, I had to say, they got really lucky in June and hey. the, the first few weeks in July. That Only because they were so far ahead in games played, they got really lucky with how everything kind of folded in front of them and as long as they can keep doing what they need to do that this will be a playoff team so at least they got that going for them oh they're they're definitely gonna be a playoff team i don't think there's any question about it Uh, i think at this point they they found their groove um i guess the big uh question will be is if and who are they getting the summer transfer yeah we're we're not gonna do the fake rumor stuff (laughs) Oh, hell no. I don't want to do any fake. I haven't even heard any real rumors. But then again, Tim Cahill came out of nowhere, so who the hell knows? Yeah. All right, so this Saturday, the Red Bulls head up to uh, play Toronto FC. So it's first of uh, three or four on the road. They have Toronto, then they get RSL at home, then the KC in Columbus. So this is going to be a really important road game because RSL's a good good team this year. KC's a good team. Columbus always plays New York tough. So it's a tough stretch of games coming up. Uh, Truman's the only one I got a prediction from, mainly because I kind of waited to the last minute to ask. He told us that's going to be a 2-1 win because, and I quote, Toronto is and always will be our bitches. There you go. <laughs> so, Pat, what do you uh, what do you think for this game? I think I'm going to have to uh, echo that sentiment. Uh, Toronto is terrible right now. And, uh, you know, the Rebels already went up there and won this season. Uh, I think they're going to do it again. Uh, there's... You know, Diego Forlan doesn't appear to be coming to Toronto, at least not in time for this match. And uh, there's really nothing they have going right for them right now. They're they're re- constantly reeling. Uh, I think the Rebels are going to go in there. And I think just, you know, coming off the, an emotional high, it's not a tri- particularly taxing trip up to Toronto. Uh, I think they're actually going to win pretty handedly. I'm going to, guess, go for a 3-1 win. Yeah, I mean, as much as I have just, I just said that I'm not sure... How you know? I don't feel that much better about this team after the win. I this is this to me is one of those almost in the bag games, and I kind of hate I kind of hate saying that only because I know if I were to actually say it is in the bag, it's going to be bad things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going that far. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent sure thing, but <laughs> it, the Red Bulls should win this game handedly, and I'm going to go the second straight shutout three nothing. There you go. Yeah, stepping it up a notch. <laughs> All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have from Empire Soccer, Eric Giacometti. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. I want to welcome back to the show Mr. Eric Giacometti from Empire Soccer. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, guys. Good to be here. No problem at all. <laughs> uh, in the first segment, we talked about the Montreal match. Do you want to give your thoughts on uh, on that at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a good time to come out on the show after a performance like that. Uh, you know, few and far between this season, but uh, they really they really stepped it up. Like I was shocked to see Alexander just tear through the defense like that in that first goal. But and he, he proved me wrong. I've been I've been kind of on his case about uh, the wing play lately, but. That was a hell of a goal, and they just dominated in every phase of the game. I mean, in fairness, Montreal really didn't show up, and their their defense really hasn't had much bite lately. And it uh, looks like they're going to have a little bit of a fall from the top of the table. But, you know, credit to Red Bull. We took it to them. You know, we've been steady at home, and uh, just a complete performance all around from top to bottom. So, um, the Toronto match, and 
Pat mentions to me during our little break between recording the first part and this part. We lit- we didn't talk about this because we literally didn't know about this, but apparently the Toronto uh, captain was mm-hmm. there the day. To- Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> that's just uh, that's what you've come to expect with TFC these days. I mean, that if you want to look at a, a worse franchise than Chivas, I think Toronto's got to be it. I mean, that's just a, they're just in shambles. I mean, they're I don't understand how they can miss the playoffs for what is it seven eight years now, but they just keep finding new ways to you know be in the cellar of MLS. And I mean, this is a game that we should win. I mean, and on paper, we're a much better team. We're on great form, but uh, it's always it's always going to be an interesting game. So, uh, you know, last time it, it took a Cahill winner at the what the 85th minute or something like that to win it. So, we'll see what happens. I, I had mentioned this is part of the Montreal um, game. The help uh, Henri handed the ball off to Peggy Lulandula to kind of help him, you know, get his first goal in the league. Uh, so far, I've seen nothing but you know praise for that. Obviously, since. It's a class move by Henri, but what do you, what do you think of that situation? I mean, I was I was so happy to see that happen. I mean, the guy just can't buy a goal this year. And uh, when I saw Henri taking the ball up, I was like, oh god, Henri's going to take it. I really wish he'd give it to Peggy. And I saw him hand it over, and I was I was ecstatic. And it was great to see the fans were really into it too. They understood what that goal meant. And uh, I mean, just pure class move from your captain. That's what you want to see. You know, you have a guy in the Schneid that can't you know can't seem to get it done all season. And, uh, you know, if that's the goal that gets him going, then, you know, hey, then we could point to that as a turning point because, you know, we, we could really use some help up top because Espindola, you know, you're probably going to get maybe seven, eight goals from him this season. Uh, Henri can only do so much carrying the goal load. So uh, if that can get a Louis Dula going, then, you know, all the better. And I think class move from Henri, and that's that's what you want to see from your captain. Hey, so by uh, any chance did you uh, watch the Lyon friendly? Uh, I didn't. I mean, I, I I caught bits and pieces of it. I had it on the uh, the old picture in picture. I was you know juggling between the All Star game, the Lyon game, and uh, the U S Costa Rica match. But uh, I was mostly focused on you know the game that actually mattered, with yeah. which was you know the Gold Cup match. So um, I was able to catch. Uh, I caught Akpan's goal. I saw you know I just tuned back late to uh, see McCarty's goal. But uh, yeah, I didn't catch much of it. It was, you know, seemed like it was a good game from what I heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's a decent result. Not that it much mattered. Uh, you know, I heard Obakop had a good game, so good to get some young players like Christensen got his first minute. So uh, I guess a good litmus test to see if they're uh, match fit and ready to contribute. So hopefully, some more weapons off the bench that we can use down the road. Was Akpan's goal not one of the ugliest things you've ever seen in your entire life? <laughs> Listen, if they go in, that's all that matters. But yeah, I was. Uh, he, he made it. He made it look nice. It was a poor touch, and he came with a little, you know, flying volley. But hey, if they go in the back of the net, they don't. They don't have to be, you know, Juan Agudelo uh, flip ups like in the fourth goal in DC in 2011, if you remember. They don't all have to be nice, but listen, if they get in the back of that, we could use someone like that. <laughs> uh, so let's let's shift topics to uh, one of the big news uh, stories for this week. Everybody knows the 2022 World Cup we played in Qatar, and everybody, you know, with the way the weather is this week, you can only imagine what it would be like playing in Qatar. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's yeah. 30 degrees hotter. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're talking about having to air-condition stadiums. But the big news this week was Sepp Blatter basically saying that he wants to move it to the winter. And now I've heard rumors about this before, but it's the first time he actually came out and he said he is going to ask the executive committee to move it. So before Pat and I kind of give our opinions, what do you think about that? I mean, this thing was doomed to fail from the get-go. I mean, if you you can't schedule a World Cup in Qatar and expect them to play in the dead of summer when you have 120-degree heat. I mean, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't even Red Bull Arena on a mid, midday uh, 
midday game against the fire where, you know, you had a hundred degree heat and people were dying after that. Can you only imagine what it's like in Qatar? So, I mean, pushing it to winter is just an absolute joke. No Premier League team is going to let their players go and you can't have the world's biggest event without the world's best players. So, um, you know, Sepp Blatter really made a huge mistake with this, uh, this Qatar World Cup in 2022. I mean, it would be great if they could move it to the U.S., but, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not optimistic as to, uh, the prospects of, of a, a Winter World Cup. That's just, that's just a disgrace, if you ask me. Yeah. It's, uh, gonna be a disaster. I think, uh, I think, I personally do think what's gonna happen is gonna be just like the 86 World Cup where, uh, Colombia was gonna be the host and then they bowed out and, uh, the, the Mexico ended up getting the bid. Um, because I, I just, I don't see how it's possible. It, it, you got the Premier League already coming out and saying no, no to a Winter World Cup. And the fact of the matter is whether it be, a mid-season Winter World Cup where nobody wants to release their players, um, or you know, a Summer World Cup where nobody wants their players to die. So it's just like <laughs> that. There's no, I have no clue how they're going to pull this off. Uh, considering the unrest that's already happening in Brazil, that's giving you know, and they're not, they cannot finish the stadiums on time. I, I kind of have the feeling that there's going to be something. Whether it's the guys who got paid off get booted out between now and uh, ten years from now, and a new new blood comes in and switches this thing i just don't think it's going to be in qatar i think i think it's it's going to come to the united states but that remains to be seen because i mean hey we can host a world cup in you know what a month's notice with all the stadiums and infrastructure we have so here's a question because i saw this kind of brought up a few times and talking about this that you know the bids are put in for a summer world cup not a winter world cup so assuming for argument's sake that the executive committee agrees not to move it and decide not to give it to Qatar because they can't get everything in place, does the U.S. automatically get it, or does it go back for rebid between those te- those countries that were already uh, part of the final bid for this? I believe it's a rebid because I think that's what happened actually in 86 because the U.S. and Mexico both bid for it, and, um, you know, Mexico ended up winning. So I believe it is a rebid, but I'm not entirely sure. And if that's the case, I mean, again, I think the U.S. is will be the ones to, you know, be the ones to win out there because just unless, you know, unless, you know, the English throw their, throw their hat into the pool or whatnot. So the only thing I could say about the, that whole England throwing their hat in is Russia's getting it in 2018. Oh, that's right. And yeah. so obviously your UEFA can't get it twice in a row. That's right. But how many times, I mean, it seems like CONCACAF kind of gets a little gypped on the number of times it gets to host only because, at least in my opinion, the three countries that can host it are Canada, United States, and Mexico, where almost every other confederation has multiple countries that can afford to, or has the amount of space available to host. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me. I just, it just seems that way to me. Gold Cup, since we <laughs> kind of talked about everything, uh, Red Bull already. Uh, Eric, what do you, what do you think about the, the United States team going into the uh, match against uh, El Salvador on Sunday? I mean, this has been, I mean, in my opinion, this is the strongest the U.S. has looked in, in probably under Klinsman since he's, you know, since he's taken over for Bob Bradley. I mean, uh, they're not always doing it the same way. I mean, granted, they're beating, you know, Belize and Cuba and Guatemala, but um, this isn't their strongest team, and they're still just finding ways to win, and that's pretty much all you can ask for. It's, it doesn't have to always be pretty, but, you know, it could take a goal like what, 
you know, Breccia's winner against Costa Rica. It's just a counterattack that's just executed perfectly. And I think the addition of a, a motivated Landon Donovan is just huge. You have, you know, it, that, you know, dimension of speed on the wings or you could put him up front. And, you know, you have Wondolowski deciding to score goals for the U.S. now. And, uh, I mean, we're just in a great position to uh, to take this tournament right now, especially with Mexico not looking at, uh, you know, a top strength as they haven't looked for quite some time now. And uh, I think it's all there for the taking. I mean, this this match uh, in Baltimore against El Salvador should be interesting. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to be a, a pro-El Salvadorian crowd out there. But in all fairness, you know, this every tournament is held in the U.S., so maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to have a little bit of uh, neutrality. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for the U.S. to go all the way. They're clearly the strongest team in it right now, so uh, I don't think there's any reason why Klinsman can't rally the boys and uh, take this thing home. So who do you think is going to end up in the final? Um, I mean, conventional wisdom is U.S.-Mexico. I mean, but that's... I honest I don't I don't know what the what the bracket looks like on who's on each side to be honest off the top of my head but I mean even though Mexico's not at the top of their game they're still you know forced to be reckoned with uh so I wouldn't count them out but I still think the US has what it takes to get it done at the end of the day and uh they're in good form right now they're they're playing well as a team and they just they just look like they they find ways to win and I feel like they with given the chance against Mexico they'll get it done All right I like that <laughs> <laughs> Got to be positive you know <laughs> Yeah too much negativity around the Red Bulls. you got to stay positive somehow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get back to the Red Bulls. Uh, I know we talked about it briefly about Toronto, but, um, you know, what what are your more extended thoughts on the Toronto match coming up this weekend? Um, I, like I said, it's it's a game we should win. Um, you know, we, we look solid from top to bottom, but like I, I, I talked about it in uh, my latest Empire Soccer piece, is that we're, you know, home we look great, on the road we just can't seem to get it together. You know, our last four games we've been shut out on the road and then we shut out teams at home, so um, we'll be looking to break the trend it's again against a team that, you know, we should have no problem dealing with. Um, you know, we have much more attacking power than they do, and we're, our defense has been strong, as you know, with the exception of the Colorado game, which I think you can almost throw out the window, a game on short rest in that atmosphere. Um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's a game that's there for the taking. I think three points aren't you know aren't out of the question at all. Um, you know, Henri's on good in good form. We're scoring goals. Uh, if we could just translate half of what we did in Montreal to you know a pretty poor Toronto team, we shouldn't have any problem. So speaking of Empire Soccer, I sorry I got to bring this up real quick. <laughs> yeah, but um, Dave put yeah I, I I had to do it. I'm sorry. D- Dave posted a, a new position or a new writer position. Oh, here we so go. Question. <laughs> <laughs> so, which one of you guys goes first, Pat or Eric? <laughs> well, listen, I I uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but as soon as my my article that about the uh, Red Bulls consistency went up a half hour later, he starts asking for a new writer. So you can imagine what that did to my ego. I, you know, I, I emailed Dave. I was like, "What the hell's happening? You firing me?" But uh, I mean, hey, we'll see what happens. I guess uh, he's just looking to uh, increase increase his writership. So hey, good on him. Yeah, I think I'm going to be fired first. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's why I wrote like two articles in the last two days. You know, trying, <laughs> trying to pick to it up, up a notch. Make sure I stick around. Just nobody reads the Red Bull rant. They just listen to it. So I, I got to get my uh, my articles read on the EOS. Yeah, I don't well, know. we would probably was... read more if we actually write articles. But <laughs> yeah, I remember when Mike Pecky sweater yesterday said, "I write for the Red Bull rant." And I was like, "You do? Nobody writes for the Red Bull rant." <laughs> no, one article is not writing for the Red Bull rant. <laughs> the only the only person who writes is me, and I don't even do it consistently. I mean, hey, side note: there are way too many Red Bull parody accounts out there. there we we need to have a cap on it. I mean, every day I feel like I see a new parody account there's, there's, there's got to be a limit I, I i can only take so much let's cap it after i get one <laughs> it's it's out of control no, after- tim cahill's head mike petke's sweater uh 
I, I can't even remember all the, off the top of my head. There's just at, at least six or seven at this point. It used to just be, you know, the Hansbach and, you know, that was all well and good. But now, you know, not Andy Roxburg and all this nonsense. So, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't know what's going on on the Twitter first right now. M- Mike uh, fucking Pecky. Not exactly. Terry Henry not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, there's... There's We've reached a saturation point in the in the parody world, but uh, they they seem to keep on giving it a go. If you know what I mean. So we should have a pat parody count uh, battle royale, <laughs> and then just like when we get down to like the finalists, just basically say, "Are right, these are the only two left allowed to exist?" <laughs> That's not a bad idea. You know, Metro Fanatic Survivor mm. style. Surprised no no YSA uh, talk voice. I, I, I'm shocked. It's banned. We, we it's, yeah. You must not listen to the last show. We officially banned any YSA talk after we all ranted against various aspects of that stuff last week. Hey, look, I don't blame you. It's been uh, it's been beaten to a beaten to a pulp in the last couple of days. So I don't blame you. We just, we just reached the breaking days? point, and then like. I even reached my Twitter breaking point during the game, so <laughs> it's it's too much. And now apparently there's a it's a bit of a civil war going on between the supporters groups, and that's just uh, I can't even wrap my brain around that. But you know, to each yeah. their own. It would be it would be amazing if people just went to Red Bull games to root for the Red Bulls. Oh please, that's that's a novel concept. Are you crazy? Come on. Yeah. Wait, you mean there's actual soccer being played at those games? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if uh, Eric's ever done the top three. The little go. thing that we do. What's that? Fill me in. Yes, and you had not done this. So we used to do the hot seat where we'd ask you know yes or no or sorry questions with one you know pick one answer. We changed it up this year, so we do top three. We're going to give you a topic. Pick your top three. Doesn't matter you know what your reasoning is for it. So let's go with let's just go your top three uh, Red Bulls games all time that I've attended or just all time. Just doesn't matter. Just whatever. Attended, didn't attend. What? Just your like top three memorable games. Ah, uh, that's tough. Um, I would have to go with in no particular order the one that made me become a Red Bulls fan, which was uh, the Dane Richards game in Houston in two thousand eight. Uh, that's got to be up there. Um, Juan Pablo on Hell's free kick goal, also against Houston in the you know the very end of the game in uh, two thousand ten. I was in a great game. Uh, one of the, one of my most memorable Red Bulls games and. Uh, I'll also remember, I believe it was last, yeah, last year, 3-2 against DC at home, uh, Barklage Brace. That was, uh, probably the best game I've ever been to at Red Bull Arena. So that's, uh, rounds out my top three in no particular order. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that game last year was amazing to be at. So I yeah, I've, I've never seen Red Bull Arena so packed and so loud. I mean, that, there's something to be said for that rivalry and it's alive and well. And damn, that was a great game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the most uh, active and electric the crowd was that I can recall literally since the opener against Santos in 2010. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. I've, I've never heard it get that loud. And I was there for the All-Star game, and that was, you know, that was a packed house too. But when uh, when Barclays came with that flying ninja kick, I've, I don't think I've ever heard it get that loud. And that was that was definitely the best game I've ever been to at Rebel Arena. And I've uh, been to my fair share. Absolutely. All right, Eric, on that note, uh, we're going to let you go. So thank you for... Coming on, spend some time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me back. I'm not sure why you do, but hey, thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say before we go is um, next year or this winter, whenever you and I definitely have to hit up a Baltimore Blast game. Uh, hey, I'm down for that. I, I don't know where they play, but uh, if I can, if I can venture out to get there, I'll, uh, I'll certainly do so. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. But we definitely, you got to do it. In- indoor soccer is is different, but it's uh Yeah, it might take some getting uh, used to, good... but I'm uh, willing to try new oh, it things. Does. It sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll give it a shot. All right. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you can follow Eric at EricRBNY, and he writes for EmpireSoccer.com. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this.
Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Once again, we want to thank Eric for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, you can follow him on Twitter at EricRBNY. Uh, this next segment is going to be nothing but United States men's team stuff, um, mainly because this is a relatively quiet week in Red Bull's land, so we kind of need some stuff to talk about, and might as well talk about the U.S. men's team. Uh, Tuesday night, at the same time as that Lyon friendly, there was a game in uh, Connecticut, the United States uh, were taking on Costa Rica in a rematch of a game that Pat went to a few yes. months ago. That, <laughs> uh, U.S. came out of this game with another one nothing victory. So apparently the snow had no real effect on the game, <laughs> I'm going to say. And the goal came on a amazing, I got, in my opinion, an amazing counterattack oh, yeah. with a Landon Donovan one-touch pass that was almost spot on. And thank God Brexit didn't really screw it up. I mean, because... <laughs> He was close to doing it. He was a little close. He was a little close. But it went in. Yeah. In the end, it went in. <laughs> that's that's the important part. It went in. Yep. All right. So you want to give uh, your thoughts on the match? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a uh, – you know, it, it's interesting because these Gold Cup matches are weird to analyze for – in many respects, it's really – this Gold Cup is all about what players are going to earn more time with the A team. Um, well, at the same time, obviously, they're still trying to, you know, win the whole thing so they can have a chance at the Confederation Cup in 2016. 17 um you know that all being said uh it was a, it was a hard-fought match uh costa rica kind of really packed it in Re- uh, the u.s took us some time to break them down uh or actually they never really did break them down um i i guess you i'll just start with the you know the the main play and that was just i think it's one of those plays breck shea i mean he basically showed you why he's still in the conversation even though he has games like cuba which was probably one of the worst games i've ever seen anybody play in a u.s national team uniform but uh you know he it was a heads-up play by him to just go charging down that empty side of the field and then landed donovan i mean that pass is why he's going to go to the world cup again that pass alone um and you know and i think a lot of people worry that if landon donovan plays graham zeus he won't well, let's not forget donovan can play the left side as well as the right so then the left side is not exactly locked down in the u.s i mean well you got fabian johnson uh who's who was okay um but you know he might even be better served as a left back so and you know what in the end if landon donovan is a super sub that ain't so bad either um so from that aspect it's a it was just a good game overall uh they now get el salvador yeah crowd may be pro el salvador in baltimore but it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna really phase the u.s i think they're gonna come out of that with a victory move on to the semis uh, and then i guess from the bad side of the game is um you know chris wondolowski's you know dream gold cup kind of i don't want to say came to an end because obviously he's still got plenty of time to score more goals but uh he wasn't able to do it against costa rica and he needed to he needed to to prove that you know he is capable of being an international striker um doing it against just you know belize and cuba isn't enough so hopefully chris wondolowski in these knockout rounds will get back on track but uh he was really the only real down part of the entire match yeah um so this sunday i think it's four o'clock I don't remember exactly what time. I know it's the early game on Sunday. Uh, U.S. is taking on El Salvador, and they'll be on Fox proper, which is actually pretty impressive. That is uh, indeed. Second, second straight week that they'll be on Fox proper. Uh, Klinsman did make some changes to the Gold Cup roster, though. Um, mm-hmm. Out are Ash, Gomez, McInerney, and Anyewu. And in are Gonzalez, Gordon, Eddie Johnson, and Beasler. So I guess at least, f- f- you know, Ash, Gomez, McInerney, those were guys returning back to their clubs. So this is really nothing 
to to be worried about. But Onyewu, I mean, that can't be a good sign, right? Well, it, that it, he's no he, longer on this team. He didn't play well against Cuba. Um, he could have done better on their goal. Um, that being said, I have heard that he picked up a knock as well. So, but I mean, Onyewu, it's just he's not he's not the Gooch, of, you know, from four or five years ago. Once he went down with that knee injury in two thousand nine, he's just never been the same. And uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then as for Gomez, uh, I think I had also read he was a little injured as well. So I wouldn't read too much of that. And, and you know what? And that's another thing is like Klinsman knows what he has in Gomez. So, you know, I, I don't think he needs to really see him much more. And, uh, like I said, you know, following what I said about Wondolowski, you know, he, he, he'll probably, I, I think Wondolowski is going to have a comeback game against El Salvador. Yeah. Um, I know Gomez, he's returning. He, he has a new club this year. So I think that's part of the reason why Klinsman let him go. So I, McInerney, yeah. I'm not really sure. I don't remember him playing much in the group stages, but I guess it's the same thing. You know, he knows what he has either, either he knows what he's going to get out of McInerney or he wants to see stuff out of other players in the, these final few games. So don't, I mean, yeah. So at least no McInerney will be playing in the all-star game then. Exactly. <laughs> That's, I guess, so at least you know where he's going. Exactly. Uh, so now about the actual game on Sunday, um, two years ago, you and I were down in DC to watch the USA take on Jamaica. That we were. But a, but a big portion of the people there that day were El Salvadorian fans. Probably about who, half, if that. Or half yeah. or more. And, and I believe we said this before, like, they were, like, the nicest guys that we've ever seen. Like, oh, there so were some cool. incidents, but, yeah, like, there, there were some incidents which probably were more alcohol-related than anything else. <laughs> but those, fan, those, those fans are some of the, the nicest guys you ever met. But I'm pretty sure on Sunday that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I have a feeling. Yeah, if, if if we're if we went and delegated in Baltimore this uh, weekend, it'd be a little bit of a different relationship with the El Salvador fans than we had last time. Yeah, last time they were great. We were sharing a spatula with another with an El Salvadorian uh, tailgate. Uh, we found one El Salvadorian guy passed out in the garbage. Um, yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good time. It was a lot, we a we apparently traded trade some hamburgers for beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think it was charcoal for beer, but I think that was U.S. fans. Yeah. Yeah, so that was actually U.S. fans. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a good time. But, uh, yeah, no, I have a feeling we wouldn't have that same camaraderie this time around. And uh, I have a feeling they're going to be a little uh, sore at the end of the game, in my opinion, on Sunday. So, since, since you say that, what do you think the score is going to be? I'm going to go... You know, if uh, if Gonzalez and Beasler play, I'm gonna go with three nothing win. Um, but if you know uh, Orozco, Fiscal, and Goodson play, and, and they have played very well, to mind you, um, I could see it maybe being like three one. But um, yeah, but I, I think the U.S. is gonna win uh, pretty handedly in this one. El Salvador is okay; they're nothing special. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because you know if if you were if we were talking about this tournament like two three months ago. I think everybody would have said Mexico's the clear favorite. But for some reason, just the slide that they've been on has transferred. And honestly, I don't know who's on the Mexican team right now. I just haven't been paying attention. Mm-hmm. But this, whatever, this slide that started with the World Cup qualifiers just for some reason transferred into the Gold Cup. And yeah, it's, it's, nobody looks like, nobody looks like they're up to what the United States at, is at right now, which is really weird because a year ago, the whole conversation was Mexico is leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. Yeah, who the heck knows what happened? Because the same coach that destroyed the U.S. four two in uh, in the Gold Cup two years ago. Um, yeah, I have no idea what what happened to Mexico. I mean, somebody who follows the team may be able to tell us. But yeah, now it's definitely looking like the U.S. might be uh, tops of Concap. But we got you know 
couple rounds of knockout stages to uh, see that happen. I mean, I, I personally think whoever U.S. ends up playing in the semifinal round is going to give them a bit of a run for their money. Oh, probably. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't even expect the El Salvador game to be, you know, a pushover. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I people are talking about, <laughs> but people are talking about this, you know, this Gold Cup, like these next three games, like the United States are just going to walk over everybody. So, mm-hmm. and it's sad, but I can kind of see it too. And for as much as Concacaf has gotten better over the last few years, this tournament, they, I, although honestly, I think it has this has to do with depth because I'm I'm gonna guess that. Mexico and the other four teams in the hex aren't playing their A squads. No, nobody. I mean, especially is. with Mexico. I mean, but especially with Mexico having played hex, the, the hex, and then playing the Confederation Cup. And no, I no. just think that this speaks. Yeah. That uh, just the fact that the United States is playing the way they are, I think, speaks more towards the depth the United States has versus everybody yeah. else right now in the Concacaf. Yeah, I agreed. I agreed. So even though the game is not in Baltimore, I will not be there. Unfortunately. Yeah, I can't make it down. The house. I can't make it down either, so. unfortunately. But, eh, what are you going to do? I'm disappointed since it's right there, but... I know. It's so close. Oh, well. I know. I'll live. All right, so that's all we have on the agenda. Um, I do want to say one thing. Um, we, do, we did have an email from Bill Carroll about uh, YSA, and, you know, obviously we banned it last week, so we're not going to read it, but just wanted to mention it. It was a really well-written uh, email. It was probably That's the good best point, written but... email, best written email we've ever gotten. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry probably. to anybody else that's ever emailed in, but this is pretty. It was pretty well thought out and everything. Yeah, just so, you know, we 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 made the band last week, and like MLS, if we give you an inch, <laughs> next week we'll get like thirty no, not... emails about why I say, <laughs> or another Jimmy Cates voicemail. Yeah, boy. All right. So, was there anything else that wasn't on the agenda you wanted to discuss? Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Then let's wrap this up. Uh, you can visit our website, redbullrant.wordpress.com. You can email us at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us, 973-348-5329 on Skype. Our username is redbullrant. Facebook.com slash redbullrant. Google Plus. Storify. At redbullrant on Twitter. At Dr. Stooge for myself. At pmacd82 for Pat. At the Truman for the apparently... Uh, Covert Spy Truman. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and let us know what you think about the show. Any last thing to say before we wrap this one up? Uh, I think I'll just steal Truman's. Uh, both the USA and Red Bulls. When? <laughs> All right. So for Pat and myself, this was episode number sixty-six. Thank you for tuning in. And this week, go Red Bulls and go USA. Lights.